It is the 200 level episode 172, Good Vibes Only. I figured I titled this podcast something like that because truly I'm, I'm feeling good. I mean, apart from the weather, which absolutely stinks, it is cold, it is snowy, it's miserable, but it's February and it's already February 10th, which means a month from now we'll be getting ready for the Big Ten Tournament and then not long after that, Selection Sunday. So I take solace in the fact that even as we are in the midst of a really cold stretch and I absolutely hate this crap, it's difficult to be angry when Illinois basketball is this good, when they are probably a two seed in the NCAA tournament and a chance to play themselves into a one seed, that they still have a shot at the Big Ten title, and that we are looking at the best Illinois team in 16 years. And this is something that back in November, I was hopeful and optimistic that this would be the kind of season we were talking about. And as recently as what, three weeks ago, that did not appear to be the case. Well, here we are. You beat Penn State, you beat Iowa, you beat Indiana, and you beat Wisconsin. And many of those in impressive fashion in one way or another, whether that be the efficiency with which you beat Wisconsin on Saturday, the gutsiness that it took to beat Indiana at Indiana without Iowa on the court for the last eight minutes of the game. The Iowa game, another very efficient performance, even though Iowa is struggling, don't diminish that win. I mean, apart from being a rivalry and hating Iowa, that is still a very good win in this Big Ten. And then the Penn State game, which kind of started it all, and it seems like often you will find teams as they get into a win streak, it's a quiet, non-remarkable or unremarkable win that kind of gets the ball rolling. And I think that's what the Penn State game was. We entered that game about three weeks ago thinking, just win the stupid thing, just win it. In fact, I think it was three weeks ago because we had to wait over a week for that Iowa game. And they got it done in somewhat impressive fashion. And then we didn't think anything of it. Because for nine days, we sit and wait for the Iowa game thinking, is that Penn State game a sign of a team figuring things out? Or is it just the Penn State's not very good? And what it was, fortunately, was the start of something really good. And we are in the middle of it. And I'm really encouraged by the way this team is playing, of course, but also the fact that the schedule coming up bodes very well, even with the additions. And now we have a more complete picture of how this team may get to 20 games. The only question, of course, is when will they play Michigan? And boy, oh boy, I wish that we could be talking about an Illinois-Michigan game tomorrow night, February 11th. It would have been the thing for sports fans nationwide. I mean, it would have had national coverage, the biggest Illinois regular season game since. You'd have to go back a long way. I think it's much bigger than even the Maryland game last year when it felt like if Illinois won that Friday night game, you'd be talking Big Ten title. This, though, would have had national ramifications, and it still can whenever the game happens. We'll get into Michigan trying to, you know, sneak out of this game for the time being. I think it's a little bit shady. I'm not outraged, but I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed because I was really looking forward to it. But you know what I will take instead? I'll take some easy wins. And Illinois has a chance to stack up a few more right now. All right, before we get too deep into this, as I look outside, there's like a a snow squall going through the backyard. It's just unbelievable. And here's the thing. We record in the sunroom, which is not the most heavily insulated area. So I got a space heater here. I know on Friday night, I'm going to have the space heater right up next to me as we watch the Nebraska game. Late Friday night, hopefully a fairly uneventful podcast where me and Isaac and Trevor can get macro and even a little bit goofy. Maybe have a drink, settle back, and and just enjoy what should be a good old-fashioned Nebraska kicking to borrow a podcast title from November. But again, before we get too deep into this, 
I'm probably going to have a few asides during this solo pod. Got to remind you, the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. And when it's this cold, why go out? Why leave the house? Let them bring a piping hot calzone to your doorstep. For $5, use coupon code Mike for $5 calzones, $6 premium and construction zones. And if you've ever had DP Doe, you know that that is a ridiculously good price for the amount of food that you get. It is delicious. It is a great substitute for pizza. If you're tired of the same old pizzas, get a calzone. It's a great food anyways, and DP Doe, it's high quality. Again, delivery anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. Go to dpdoe.com. Fourth and Kirby. Now, I need to let you know, new shirts are coming. A week from today, on February 17th, that's 217, there is a new shirt coming out for Fourth and Kirby. You're going to like it. I guarantee it. Uh, It will look familiar for people that happen to be a fan of a famous rapper who has connections to Champaign-Urbana. That's as much as I can give away for that. I will also tell you that on March 3rd, 4th and Kirby has a t-shirt coming out, which I am immediately deeming the coolest t-shirt I have ever seen. It is the coolest. I'm going to get probably five of these. And I might even try to get the person who is on this shirt on the show. That's another hint, but I can't tell you anymore. I can tell you, though, you should go to 4thandkirby.com, use coupon code 200LEVEL for 10% off your order, get your lucky shirt, and hey, if you already got a lucky shirt, get some for reserves. Illinois will probably lose another game this year. You're just going to have to switch it up. Wear another 4th and Kirby t-shirt. Again, that's 4thandkirby.com. State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian's going to take care of you with great State Farm prices, of course, but... You know, Karen and I can vouch. When we moved in this new house, the personalized service that we got from Brian and his staff, amazing. It was a seamless process, super easy, thanks to Brian and the helpful folks at Brian Hansen State Farm Agency, online at brianismyguy.com. Finally, got to thank Rector Construction. They are a new sponsor, the reliable roofing, construction, and remodeling company serving the residents of Central Illinois. Giving to the community is key to Rector Construction. It is their mission. Their main desire is to help better Champaign County. They do that with projects big and small. Maybe this is the year to have your roof replaced or your call space inspected or anything in between. Give them a call today at 217-281-7000. That's 281-7000. Or visit Rector Construction. That's R-E-C-T-O-R construction.com for a free estimate. Alana Inquirer and the Champaign Showers Podcast Network Partners in the relaunch of the 200 level. Real quick uh, thing, and I got to say thank you to those who have done this recently. We've gotten some more reviews on Apple Podcast. Very much appreciate it from Pooh Swim, as in Winnie the Pooh, not like poop, Winnie the Pooh, Swim too. All things Illini, you can't go wrong with this podcast. The second half coverage pods are great. Thank you, Pooh. Also from Rick and Bob, second half pods are the best. And in parentheses, when we win. Uh, Rick and Bob, I agree with that. Love Carp and the Boys for the pods. Definitely helps me get my Illini fix and gets me excited for games. And hopefully we can do that today, Rick and Bob, for the Nebraska game coming up. Aren't you pumped? I am, actually. I'm excited for what should hopefully be a good old-fashioned shellacking, a Nebraska kicking. And we will be back on Friday night for a second-half pod with me, Trevor, and Isaac. Should be fun. Let's talk about that Wisconsin game because I was on with Jeremy yesterday, and he released it this morning, Wednesday morning. And I got to say, Wednesday was one of the most fun two hours I've had in a long time. And I don't think that's hyperbole. You can factor in that it has been a COVID-impacted year where fun is few and far between, right? And you need to kind of make your own fun. And in the case of this Illinois basketball season, as good as they're playing right now, there have been a lot of moments where we've been frustrated. Deservedly so. Understandably so. 
And then you get the Wisconsin game where everything comes together. And I say everything comes together. That's not entirely true. I mean, Andre Corbello wasn't good. Adam Miller had some moments defensively, and he had a three late. But he's still a freshman, and Trent was not the best shooter. In fact, who was the third best player on the court for Illinois on Saturday? But it didn't matter. You had Iowa and Kofi. And it was one of the most thoroughly enjoyable wins in recent Illini basketball history. Now, you know how I really despise Wisconsin basketball. And it's no fault of their own. I saw interviews after the game, and, you know, they seem like nice guys. Nate Reber's was very humble, and he just said, listen, I can't guard Kofi. No one could guard Kofi. He was very honest about it. Great guard, very complimentary. They're probably all nice guys. So when I made fun of Nate Reber's forehead, I probably shouldn't have done that. That's very childish of me. Or the fact that Greg Gard looks like an accountant. No offense, my parents are accountants too. I'm just saying he doesn't really look basketball coachy, and yet he somehow wins a lot of games. Point being, I'm tired of Wisconsin, but it's not these guys' fault. There's not really any guy on this Wisconsin team other than Brad Davison, who stunk, by the way, that I hate. But it's just the whole program in general that I've had this distaste for for a long time. And I would like to think that, yes, they're getting their slice of humble pie. They are about to enter a decade where they aren't as good as the decade or the two decades before. Meanwhile, Illinois hopefully is ascending to where we need to be. And that's not going to be top 10 every year. In fact, you know, next year is probably going to be a step back, if not a major step back for this Illinois team. But I would like to think that we have the coach at the helm that will figure it out somehow, some way. And with this roster, boy, has he figured it out. I got to start by giving Brad Underwood credit. We don't often do that in the middle of a really successful season. We're just kind of riding that roller coaster. We're happy to experience it, but we don't always stop and smell the roses. And I think it's okay to do that. I think it's actually appropriate to do that for how good Brad Underwood has been. And you consider what position he's gotten Illinois into in his fourth year. And you can chart the rise of Illinois basketball under him. And you can certainly attribute that to Io DeSumo, who we'll get to next. But Brad Underwood has gotten this program to a point where you are looking squarely at a two seed in the NCAA tournament. And barring a collapse, that looks like what it's going to be. You could play yourself into a one seed. I know Ohio State and Michigan right now on Bracketology from Joe Lunardi. Those are two one seeds from the Big Ten. You will have something to say about it. You will. And I don't have a lot of doubt in this team's ability to get big wins. I know Iowa might be slipping, but you know what? They weren't slipping at the time that you beat them. That was still a really good Iowa team that played a good game. And you were better. Wisconsin, not only were you better, you were a lot better. You kicked their butt like Michigan kicked their butt a few weeks ago. So listen, you were right there with Ohio State and Michigan. I can't wait to play those two teams again. I think you will get your crack at Ohio State and have a really good chance to win that game, even though I don't like that matchup. But I think he's still got a pretty good shot. And I think a Big Ten title may be on the line for that game. But before we get ahead of ourselves, the fact we're even having this conversation is a credit to Brad Underwood and his staff. I think Stephen Gentry was a huge addition. And you saw last year when Gentry was added to the staff, there was this flexibility that they had that they really did in the first two years with Underwood. Better late than never. And I think that Underwood's ability to be flexible is going to bode well, regardless of what kind of talent he can bring in here. There will be years where the talent isn't what you have right now. In fact, I don't know when we're going to see another Iowa or Kofi figure again. Though, if you can get maybe a Namari Burnett from Texas Tech, that certainly offsets the loss of Iowa to a degree. But Kofi's Kofi. That guy's a physical specimen. But you know what? I still think that Brad Underwood will figure something out. I think that each team will be a little bit different than the one before that. And I like that. 
I like having an identity, and I think that this program will develop that the more and more they win. But it's okay if that identity kind of shifts based on what your talent is. I think that's the sign of a good coach. And you compare and contrast that to what we have with Lovey Smith on the football side. Flexibility is a good thing. And then you look at Io Sumu and the legacy that he's building right now. I, Jeremy asked me, where does he rank? We did Io and Kofi. And I really became an Illini fan in earnest in the early to mid 1990s. So Deion Thomas was the first big name. Kawan Garris was one of my all-time favorites. Then he got into the Corey Bradford. And yes, I started by saying Corey Bradford. Remember how good Corey was his freshman year. He was a superstar. And then you added all these other guys and Corey found his role, which was a really good shooting guard, great defender, one of the toughest guys in the Big Ten. But Corey Bradford, Frank Williams, Brian Cook, and then the list goes on down to D, Darren Luther. And then you get into the 2010s where... Eh, slim pickings relative to the two decades before that. But if we're talking about where IO ranks in modern Illinois basketball history, you have Darren Williams in front of him, I think, still, right? Because of what he accomplished here at Illinois, making a national title game, being the guy that made that engine run for that Illinois team, and being a really good pro. After him, is Frank Williams a better college basketball player than Io DeSumo? No. I, he wasn't. I love Frank, but I'll take Io over Frank. And listen, I, I recognize the Big Ten titles, right? But you also need to consider the Frank Williams supporting cast. No offense to this Illinois team, but Frank Williams supporting cast was phenomenal. And you are also talking about Bill Self. As much as I like Brad Underwood, Bill Self is a Hall of Fame coach. Brad Underwood has a ways to get there. So yeah, Io is probably a better player than Frank. And it's okay to have these conversations because it's not diminishing anything Frank did. It's just saying that's how good Io is. He's putting together a once-in-a-lifetime season, not just at Illinois, but you would have to go back to Dwayne Wade for similar statistics in an individual season to what Io is doing right now. Frank D. Brown, I love D, face of the program. Io's probably a better college basketball player than D. Brown was right now. That's crazy, but it's true. Luther had amazing senior year again. You're looking at Io DeSumo right up there with Darren Williams as the two best players to play at Illinois in the last 25 years. And that list, if you expand it to five, will include the D. Browns of the world, the Frank Williams of the world, Brian Cook, sometimes underrated. You can include him in there as well, Luther Head. And fortunately, that's a long list. It can keep going with excellent players, but Io is right there with Darren Williams. That's remarkable. Now, I understand Darren Williams had two Big Ten titles, a Big Ten tournament title, a national title appearance, and the year before that, a Sweet 16 appearance. But consider the supporting cast. Let's say Io is on a team with D. Brown, Luther Head, James Augustine, Roger Powell, Nick Smith, can we forget, Jack Ingram. I, I actually am not kidding about Jack Ingram. He was really good. But you put Io in that same situation, I guarantee you he has those accolades as well. And you got to consider the context that Io came into this thing and had to build it, had to build it essentially from scratch. We were terrible his first year. We set a record for losses, yet you had a few signs that suggested that this thing could turn around. Frank Williams didn't have to turn the full thing around. I understand the year before Frank started playing, that was an Illinois team that struggled, 3-13 and in the Big Ten. Then they made the Big Ten tournament run. But then Frank came in with Marcus Griffin, with Brian Cook. The reinforcements were there. We all knew that that team was going to be really good in 1999-2000, and they were. So this is a different thing. I've never experienced something where Illinois has basically been in the basement and then dug themselves out of it. 
Now, there could be Lou Henson-era people that would remember when Eddie Johnson and Mark Smith got the program out of the doldrums back then, and maybe that's what this is comparable to. Eddie Johnson is an all-time Illini. Mark Smith, kind of a forgotten hero in terms of Illinois basketball history and a guy that got a triple-double himself. That's where that name came up again this last weekend when Io got his triple-double. So those guys have their place in Illinois history. Io certainly will as well. And what I hope for, what I hope for is something tangible. I've said this all the way back to October, November. I hope this team can raise a banner of some kind. Now, ideally, they raise a national title banner for the first time. I don't know how realistic that is just because of how much of a crapshoot this tournament always is. But you have the best Illinois roster in terms of making a tournament run since 2005, and it's not all that close. And you were also in a college basketball landscape where, apart from Baylor and Gonzaga, there's not a single team that I look at and say, you know, if Illinois played them 10 times, I don't think they'd win at least five. And what I mean by that is, you got more than a puncher's chance in any of these matchups coming up. And how many of these games are you going to have the two best players on the court in Io? And now let's get to Kofi, the best center in Illinois history. I think we can say that, right? The best center in Illinois history. No offense, Johnny Redker. No offense. I mean, Deion Thomas was more of a four. I know he played the five technically, but he was really just a, a power forward that could score. And he was fantastic at it. But Kofi Coburn is turning into the best center in Illinois history. The physical specimen part, we already knew that was there. But when you see the skill with which he's scoring now, and then these little plays too, these like off the ball He's going to recover, you know, rebounds that carry him off the rim, the athleticism, and then the body control to corral these rebounds and not step out of bounds at the same time. This happened against Iowa when he got his own rebound. This has happened in the last few games where the opposing team will miss something and then he'll go almost all the way to the sideline. There was a play, I think, against Wisconsin. Was it Wisconsin or Indiana? I forget. But where he got the ball, he was off balance. He let go of it because he knew he would have traveled otherwise. And I'm thinking, that is a split-second, super smart decision from a guy that a month and a half ago, I wasn't really sure where Kofi's head was at. In December, he was getting the double-doubles against lesser competition, but I think we all felt there was something lacking. Well, right now, he's playing unbelievable. Eight dunks in a game. Eight. And I know Wisconsin doesn't have their own shack, but they have tall guys. They may be skinnier white guys, but these are not bums we're talking about. And Kofi had eight dunks, and it felt like he could have had them all game long. and could add more. He had more dunks in a single game than I'm pretty sure a lot of John Gross's teams had in a single season. What a relief. I remember back in the early 200-level days, the mantra of Steve and I, the last season or two of John Gross, where are the dunks? Where are the dunks? Well, here they are, eight in a game from Kofi. So enjoy this, right? I said this with Jeremy and it really kind of hit me at the end of that conversation as I realized how much fun I was having just talking with Jeremy about how, how good this team is. We didn't get that luxury the last 10 years when we were at 93.5 and covering a lot of mediocre Illinois basketball teams. Only a couple bad ones and the rest of them just fairly mediocre and not that memorable. And you cover them and you try to get excited about them from my perspective at least and they would give you these tantalizing glimpses of, well, yeah, if everything comes together, maybe John Gross can, could have made three out of five NCAA tournaments. Maybe he could have actually turned this into something, but guess what? He didn't. And you compare and contrast his teams to what we have now. It's night and day. 
John Gross's best days were maybe sneaking in the top 10, or sorry, top 25. I know he had that top 10 ranking, actually, his first year after he won at Gonzaga and he competed against Missouri. I think Minnesota came in for a top 10 matchup in early January. That was the peak, sadly. But as we sit here in year four, Brad Underwood, as much as I recognize this is a once in a 20 year kind of thing, right? To have an IO and a Kofi on the same team, and I'm going to enjoy this for what it is. I think we can also take some solace in the fact that Brad Underwood has a better chance, I believe, of long-term success here than John Gross ever would have, right? And that makes it a lot more enjoyable in a sense that, yes, this is a special season, but it doesn't necessarily mean success will be fleeting for this Illinois program. Let's take a look at where this team is at after that Wisconsin game, which again, you know, I, I could sit and talk about that Wisconsin game for 20 minutes. You know, Trevor and I are doing the podcast and we're just, if we were in the same room, we probably would have just looked at each other and kind of shrugged and said, well, <laughs> there's not much else to say except this is amazing. And it was amazing. And I know Illini Nation, I don't usually use that term, but I think it's apt for what was happening on Saturday where you could tell on Twitter and you could tell in the text threads that you have with your friends and other people watching the Illinois game, everyone's eyes were tuned into that game and just enjoying the hell out of it. And it was just pure joy. That's what it was. Pure joy watching Illinois basketball. And that is something that I don't think I ever took for granted in the early 2000s. But when it's been gone for that long and you can just sit back and soak in it, I mean, what a, what a great day that was. 3.30 in the afternoon, the game is over and you can just sit back and soak in that win until you go to bed. And I did. It was a beautiful thing. So where you're at after that Wisconsin game, Bracketology by Joe Lunardi has you as a two seed. Now I'd say which region. Listen, there are no regions except for Indianapolis. But he has us in region two, which is unfortunately Baylor's region. And that is because you have two Big Ten teams in region four and region three as one seeds. Now you can play your way into that. And I think Illinois will have something to say about it. But you know what? Even if they get a two seed, that's not a bad consolation prize. And you have, on your side of the bracket, Louisville as a 7 and LSU as a 10. You have Cleveland State as a 15. I don't think Mike Thomas is still there, but maybe the ghost of Mike Thomas, you can kind of you know, slay that dragon in the 215 matchup. You have Missouri as a 3. Ooh, how about that? You have Creighton, number 6. The ghost of Ty Ty Washington strikes again. I don't, I don't know if that's going to come to fruition or not, but think about playing Missouri. I'd, I'd actually consider this because Missouri is likely going to be a 3 seed. They have a fairly easy schedule ahead. They got the marquee win against Alabama that is still sitting there at about a two seed. So it looks like if you are a two seed, you know the NCAA, they love storylines like that. And frankly, in this season, of course, there's a part of me that would be scared of it ending to Missouri. But I want them. Let's, let's play them the way Illinois is playing right now. Let's do it. Why not? One seed Baylor, five seed Purdue. That win gets better and better and better and you don't have to play Purdue again this year, USC is a four. I see Loyola Chicago as an eight. Now, this is all conjecture. We're February 10th. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but isn't it fun to play bracketology and not have it be, yeah, okay, are we the first four in or the first four out? That was the game. Also, recall last year about this time when you were mired in a four-game losing streak and we didn't know what the status was with Io. We didn't know where things were going. Well, fortunately, it worked out, 
and you went on a five out of six winning streak to end the season, and you would have probably been about a six seed in the NCAA tournament. That's nothing to sneeze at, right? A six seed? It's pretty good. But no, we sit here on February 10th with a fairly easy schedule coming up where you can stack wins as a two seed. And you know that the metrics and all the bracket stuff, they love the Big Ten Conference. They are going to give Big Ten teams the benefit of the doubt here. So, man, you're sitting in a good spot. Ken Palm, fourth in the nation behind Gonzaga, Baylor, and Michigan. You have the seventh best offense, according to Ken Palm, the 13th best defense. That's balance. And looking at how they project the rest of the year, Nebraska, Northwestern, Minnesota, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Ohio State. There's no Michigan game in there yet. And there's also a Nebraska home game to be made up. So this could see to 18 Big Ten games. They have a projected record of 17 and 7, 13 and 5, with your one loss coming at Ohio State at the end of the season. Now that could happen. Listen, Ohio State's playing great basketball, but you're probably looking at a situation where if Michigan comes back and stubs their toe a couple times, and keep in mind they still got to play Ohio State and Iowa and Indiana and Illinois. There are losses to be had out there that you could be playing Ohio State for a Big Ten title on Saturday, March 6th. Mark it down. That's a big day. You know, I, I think it will be a big day. And I do think that Illinois, I've said this before, will lose one more game this year. One. In the regular season. I'm not counting the tournaments, Big Ten, or NCAA. Illinois will lose one more game this year. More than that, I don't know. But here's your upcoming schedule. The next four games where you need to make hay, and I think you will. Nebraska on Friday. On the road, Nebraska going to be playing their fourth game in eight days. Now, Ken Palm has that as a 15-point win. I think that's probably accurate. Nebraska stinks, and you also get them in a good time. Remember the old adage, it's not who you play, but when you play them. In this case, it's who you play and when you play them. Nebraska, not good, and you play them when they're probably a little bit tired of losing and don't have a lot to muster. Next Tuesday, Northwestern at home. Guess what? They stink. It's about when you play them too, right? We played them back in the day where they were still fairly decent and you had the second half of all second halves against them. And then Minnesota on the road. Now, this, of course, is not easy, but you got to remember Minnesota is beginning to struggle. This is the Richard Pitino thing in full effect. They beat Nebraska Monday night by 18 at home, and they are much better at home. But they've had some stinkers, too. Maryland at home on January 23rd. So guess what, Illinois? You're not the only team to lose to Maryland at home. In fact, Maryland seems a lot better on the road than they do at home. But you are getting Minnesota at the right time. Michigan State will be the interesting one. You saw last night they held on to Penn State. They had beaten Nebraska before that. They will play Iowa at home on Saturday, and that's going to be a major test. So we'll see if Tom Izzo's team figures any sort of thing out. But you got to look at their offense. 90th in the country, and their effective field goal percentage, 228. Their offense stinks. Defense, not bad. Top 35, but their offense is just garbage. Not who you play, when you play them. And this is a stretch coming up in these four games where you can get yourself to 13-3 and three in the conference. 13-3. and three. Heading into a stretch where you will likely end the season at Wisconsin, at Michigan, at Ohio State, and somewhere you would get maybe the Nebraska game in. And actually, let me make sure I'm getting this right here because I don't know if Ken Palm has updated this fully. As I look at the Illinois schedule, the Nebraska home game is currently slated for Wednesday, February 24th. That's right. They're going to try to find a new spot for that game. And maybe it's going to be that Thursday, the 25th. 
But yeah, it sets up nicely, doesn't it? Stack some wins and lead into what will be the biggest single week in Illinois basketball history. I mean, okay, that, that, that might be hyperbole. The biggest regular season week in Illinois basketball's recent history, that is for sure. That is for sure. And that seems to be what we're setting up here. Okay, I do have some clarification. So I mentioned that Nebraska game. And when that would be right now, it is listed on Illinois' website as being between March 2nd and March 4th. So between a Tuesday and a Thursday at home. Now, I don't know if that means that the Michigan game, if that gets made up, that would be that week as well. So maybe you play at Wisconsin. Let's just say hypothetically, play at Wisconsin on February 27th, a Saturday. Come back home for Nebraska on Tuesday, March 2nd. At Michigan on... Thursday, March 4th, and then at Ohio State on March 6th, that's Saturday. I wouldn't mind if they moved that Ohio State game one extra day, just to get a little bit more rest. And this leads into the conversation about Michigan. Now, you can recall back in the fall when Illinois and Ohio State got postponed, or canceled, I should say, the night before. Now, I forget what I was doing, but I was totally zoned out, and I wasn't even looking forward to that game. Who cares? I mean, Illinois would have gotten their asses kicked. It would not have been very much fun to watch. But we had beaten Nebraska, remember, we were feeling pretty good about it, and there were some Illini sports media types that said, hey, Ohio State should forfeit. They were scared to play Illinois. Lovey Smith's Illini. Right. That was a little bit silly to bust out the forfeit excuse. Now, I'm not going to go so far as to say Michigan should forfeit by not playing Thursday, but it is this simple. Their women's team is playing a game on Thursday. Their men's team is not. Why? And it's this simple. They don't, they don't want to play Illinois when they are that rusty. It's not about health and safety. They passed all the COVID protocols. They're ready to go. They just don't want to play Illinois right now. And that would be fine if it only affected Michigan's schedule. But it will affect Illinois' schedule if this is a game to be made up. Now, if you ask me right now, do I need to play Michigan and, and beat them to feel like we would have a valid claim to the Big Ten title? No, I don't. I want to do whatever it takes to make sure this Illinois team stays healthy, that they are not overworked. And unfortunately, you are maybe being pushed into this position where the last week of the season or the last eight days, you got to play four games. Now, there are worse things, right? In terms of getting ready for the Big Ten tournament, getting ready for the NCAA tournament and the frequency of games, maybe that gauntlet wouldn't be such a bad thing. And you would have Nebraska at home as a bit of a breather in there. So that's good, right? But I will throw out, and I sound like a kid when I say this, it's not fair. Well, listen, it's COVID-19. I understand that there are things that you need to consider, but this is where the Big Ten, I gave the Big Ten a big pass in the fall and the summer because even though they had time to figure it out, we were still in uncharted waters. When it came to playing football, is it safe? Is it not safe? They got a season through, even though the season was kind of crappy for all intents and purposes. So yeah, I gave the Big Ten a break and figured, all right, I'll chalk it up to, all right, Kevin Warren's new and some of these fans, and I still agree, still think this, some of the parents from some of these schools are nuts, and some of them are. But you know what? I actually might join some of these parents at Fogo de Chao up in Schaumburg outside the Big Ten offices in protest of the fact that Michigan should play this game on Thursday. Too late now. You're playing Nebraska instead. Fine. You know, we got a game in there and probably a better chance to beat Nebraska on the road than you would beating Michigan on the road. But let's be real here. The timing to have played Michigan after this break would have been huge. We're talking about a Big Ten title. 
And while I understand Michigan's reluctance to come out of the gates against an Illinois team that is playing their best basketball of the season, the Big Ten needed to step in here and say, if you can play, you need to play. And instead, the Big Ten stepped in. They moved around the schedule. Kudos that they seem to be figuring out a way for these teams to get these games in. But Illinois has to pay for Michigan sidestepping Thursday night's game. We have to pay for it. Now, it may work out beautifully. And it may turn out to be the craziest stretch of Illinois basketball from February 27th, that Saturday, to the next Saturday, March 6th, where you play at Wisconsin, Nebraska at home, at Michigan, at Ohio State. And hey, if you can make it through that gauntlet and get a Big Ten title or a share of it, that's a one seed right there. And I think this team can do it. I really do. You got Iowa and Kofi. That's enough. (laughs) I mean, you know, as long as the other guys just don't completely stink, you got Iowa and Kofi. And that's better than most of these other teams can say, including Michigan. I think Michigan will show some signs of rust when they do play again. I don't think they will look like the Michigan that we saw before. And you got to keep in mind their schedule was favorable. I think this is a Michigan team that will probably get a share of the Big Ten because they stack those wins. But I wouldn't be surprised to see a three-way split with Michigan, Ohio State, and Illinois. That requires Illinois taking care of business. That requires Ohio State really taking care of business because they have four losses in conference. But it seems to me that's the collision course we're headed towards here and a final week of the season where things get nuts. It's going to be exciting. It's fun to be in the conversation again. You know, I could look back at the Maryland game and just shake my head. And I kind of do. If You know, I really think back to that game How could you have lost that? You really put yourselves behind the eight ball, and they kind of did. But the other approach that I'm going to try to take here is that maybe they needed that. This is a bit of rationalization, I'm not going to lie, but maybe they needed that. Maybe they needed some sort of wake-up call, and the, the twofer between Maryland and Ohio State was the thing that did it. I think they had a players meeting afterwards. They recalibrated. They figured out what they had to do mentally and physically to get this thing on the right track. Hey, if it took the Maryland game and the Ohio State game for this team to start playing like the top 10 team, borderline top five team that we all hope that they would become, so be it. I hope that on the end of the season DVD, for those who still have DVD players, that there will be a little thing in there about, you know, Maryland came into town, beat Illinois, and these were the dark days before they figured things out. You know, that was the sort of the conflict within this team. Will they figure it out? Will they rise? from the depths of this two-game losing streak in the Big Ten. And boy, did they in a big way. At least through these four games, that seems to be the direction this is headed. And when you talk to someone like Jeremy, who doesn't have a dog in the fight in terms of being a fan, of course, he wants to cover a winning team. I know he's excited to cover this as a journalist. But when you have someone like him feeling the same way that I do as a fan, which is this team's not going to lose many more games this year. Now, sadly, if you don't win a national title, the last game of the year is going to be a loss, and it will come to an end. And I think because of that, not to get too philosophical here, that has turned me into this mindset of, I'm just going to enjoy every game. Friday night against Nebraska, not a marquee matchup. I'm going to enjoy it. We won't get Iowa and Kofi on the same court, presumably for that much longer. Even if they go deep into the tournament, we're now talking about 10 more games right? Let's see how many more Big Ten games we've got. Six? Well, maybe more than that, right? Let's hope for maybe 15 more games if you can make a run in the Big Ten and NCAA tournaments. But the clock is ticking. And because of that, and because of the rarity factor of getting two guys like this on your team, 
And then a supporting cast that's pretty darn easy to root for right now. Trent Frazier, the story about Trent Frazier coming in here, being the first guy to say, hey, whether it's John Gross or somebody else, I'm sticking with Illinois. And he did that even after Jeremiah Tillman said no and Mark Smith defected. Didn't matter. Trent Frazier was here. What I would love for Trent to be able to really enjoy some success, some postseason success. DeMonte, a reduced role on the bench, kind of, even though he's still making big plays for you. But someone, again, who came into this program when it was not good, and he stuck with it. And I'm glad he did, because his dad's one of my all-time favorite Illinois, and I love that legacy thing. You look at the freshmen that are really going to have to carry the torch going forward. And as much as Andre Corbello and Adam Miller have struggled, I think Adam Miller is starting to play with more confidence. He's certainly not afraid to shoot it. He's playing well defensively. And you know that Andre Corbello, for every bad game he has, he's going to have two, maybe three really good ones. So look for a big bounce back game for him Friday night in Nebraska. I bet he's going to be spectacular. That just seems to be his MO. He'll bounce back. Georgie. I mean, he had a, a moment against Wisconsin, which essentially led to a five-point swing. And I'm texting Trevor and Isaac like, oh, God, Georgie, don't do that. And yet, offensively, looking almost as good as ever. Great moves around the post offensively and then defensively kind of coming into his own. He's figured out his role. I think Georgie's settling in nicely. And then you also go down the list to, oh, right, Jacob Grandison. You're starting four a guy that's going to be a starting four for you next year as well, and a key cog in that lineup, who's playing fantastic. This is a likable group. Right now, they're a likable group, and it's amazing the difference winning makes because I didn't like them that much three weeks ago. <laughs> the Penn State game, I, I was so unenthused. Whatever. Penn State at home, just win the stupid game. I almost watched it pissed off. Oh, they won it. And then set themselves up for this run. And I think this run can and will continue. Where's the hiccup going to be? Where's the stumble? I'm telling you, I don't think there's going to be what we would consider a stumble. Losing at Ohio State would not be a stumble. That'd be a hard-fought loss. Losing at Michigan, whenever that game happens, not a stumble. It'd be a bummer, but you'd be losing to a really good team. I don't think this Illinois team is going to stub their toe going forward in this regular season. And... I see one more loss. I don't know where that is, but I think it's going to be one of the really good teams. At Wisconsin, I would hate it. You know I'd hate losing to Wisconsin. I don't think they're that great compared to what they have been, but it's still the Cole Center, fans or not, and that is a very, very old team. Average age, 28. They just are there forever. So that, that again, that's not a loss that you would think is an awful one. I think they're going to avoid those awful losses, play themselves into that two seed or even the one seed conversation. And to even be broaching that here on February 10th, that's nice. I like that. So let's enjoy this. Good vibes only. That's the name of this podcast. And I think on Friday when Trevor and Isaac and I huddle up again on Zoom for a second half pod and maybe enjoy a drink as we do it, it's because this is a team worth having a drink to. <laughs> like This is a team we're settling in on a Friday night, having a Zoom party with your friends and just watching some good basketball because that's what they're playing right now. And I think that's going to continue. All right, before we get out of here, a reminder, the 200 level brought to you by DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. Hey, the snow looks to have stopped. At least I haven't seen a snow squall, but you know what? You don't want to go out in this crap. You don't. Why would you? Let them bring a piping hot calzone to your door. Use coupon code Mike for $5 calzones from dpdoe.com. Custom zones, any topping you want, or some of their favorites. My favorite is the Maui Wowie. Go online at dpdoe.com. Coupon code Mike for $5 calzones at dpdoe.com. Fourth and Kirby. They got some cool stuff coming up, but don't wait for the new stuff. Go to Fourth and Kirby, get your new lucky shirt, have it ready to go for if Illinois loses again and you got to rotate them out. But be on the lookout 
February 17th. That's 217. A new t-shirt. I think you'll enjoy that. And then on March 3rd, the absolute coolest t-shirt I've ever laid my eyes on. Fourthandkirby.com. Got to thank Rector Construction. They are committed to making Champaign-Urbana a better place. And I got to say, from some of the shots I've seen on RectorConstruction.com, these guys do it all. Roof replacements, all the way down to getting your crawl space inspected, and everything in between. 217-281-7000. Or online at Rector Construction. That's R-E-C-T-O-R Construction.com for a free estimate. And State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at BrianIsMyGuy.com. Life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian and his staff will hook you up. And I got to say, the personal experience we had moving into this house, getting a bundle with auto insurance, seamless. BrianIsMyGuy.com. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. So we'll be back Friday night. In the meantime, if you want to do us a solid, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast. Helps us move up the search engine when someone is looking for an Alani podcast to add to their repertoire. Now, thank you for making us part of this rotation. I'm just like you. I'm absorbing as much Illini content as I can right now because it's fun. I want to think about it. Every waking moment, I'm like, ah, yes, Illinois basketball, we're good again. We're really, really good. Fourth in the net ranking, fourth in the Ken Palm, sixth in the AP poll, and a chance to play ourselves into a freaking one seed. Come on. That's cool. I mean, it seems right like clockwork every 16 years, 89 to 05, 05 to 2021. And here we are. Why not? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be bizarre? And listen, I'm not one for coincidences or superstition, anything like that, but it does seem unusual that every 16 years we get that once-in-a-lifetime team. Now, once-in-a-lifetime, that is a big old term to throw around for a team that is in a lot of ways flawed, right? But you know what? They got Io, they got Kofi, and in this college basketball landscape, it's good enough. So, I'm glad that you guys have decided to join us on this ride. We're going to continue to do this through the rest of the season. We love the second half pods as well. Great talking with the guys. We'll do that again Friday and have some fun for what will hopefully be a very uneventful game, a blowout where we can just settle back and talk some more of that macro stuff. Hey, what you're hearing right now, that's my band Decadence. This is Out of Your Head from our latest album, Fever Dreams. Anywhere music is streaming. So listen to it. Enjoy it. That's our outro music now. We'll see you Friday night. Drink in hand for a A big game. They're all big games. Until then, though, stay safe, stay healthy. It is the 200 level. 